All right, let's turn to Colossians chapter 4. Did you hear that? We're going to have a, an additional Easter service on Saturday night. So the same exact service that happens on Sunday morning will also occur on Saturday night. So as you're making plans with your family, know that option's available for you. Well, I hope that you're praying more these days. And if the word prayer is intimidating, then I hope you're talking to God more and you're listening to God more. We've been in this series called Prayer is for Everyone because I want you to hear God's call to friendship and God's call to communication and just turn your heart to him. And so this is the last uh, sermon in this series, but it's not the last time we'll talk about prayer. And Colossians chapter 4, starting with verse 2, is just a great scripture to kind of sum all of this up. After I present this as a word of the Lord, if you choose, you can join me in saying, thanks be to God, because we're so grateful for his word. Colossians chapter 4, starting with verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door for us for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains so that I may make it known as I should. Verse five, act wisely towards outsiders, making the most of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how you should answer each person. This is the word of the Lord. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for your word. So the translators chose right away to use this word devoted. And like, what does that word mean to you? You know, if you look at the original language, it's basically saying, keep on in prayer. Keep on going. Look at what that word means to us. The root of that word talks about committed to that. You're in relationship with that. You're devoted to that. Now, I'm obligated to um, turn in my taxes on April, April 15th. That's an obligation, but I'm not devoted to paying taxes. I'm obligated to pay taxes. I'm devoted to providing for my kids, right? They, they, need, they need stuff. I'm devoted to my kids. I'm not devoted to my tax bill. I, I'm devoted to my wife, to my spouse. I'm, but I'm obligated to, to meet with my boss for the annual review, I'm not devoted to that annual review. I'm obligated to it, but I'm devoted to dating my wife. So we see here that just trying to give us common words, because, you know, words can get kind of fuzzy to us. Like you might think, well, the word devoted is good, or you may have this maybe wrong emotion attached to devoted. Like devoted is hard and it's, no, no, devoted is like love to do this, love to pray. Love to talk to God. Love to engage with him. And I believe that's what God's heart for us is today. So we're going to break down the scripture. And I, I, here's the first thing that I thought of when I just started thinking through the scripture, breaking it down. Here's number one. It's the call to pray and think. Pray and think. I mean, I used to think that prayer people never thought. They were just so spiritual that they would just pray all the time. In fact, there's a phrase you may have heard, you may have used, I've used it. Here's a phrase. Don't be so earthly minded. No, I said the phrase wrong. All right, let me start off. 
don't be so heavenly minded that you're not earthly good. I've probably used that phrase in a sermon at this church. It's not in the scripture, but it's, it communicates like, don't be so, so prayer and mystical that you're not practical. Well, I'd say this scripture right here combines prayer with the practicality of life. Look again at verse two. Devote yourself to prayer. Yes, pray. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. Stay alert in prayer with thanksgiving. Think while you pray. When we pray, we don't just turn off our natural mind. We don't turn off our personality. We don't turn off even our knowledge of the world. We pray, we talk to God in relationship to the world that we live in. Now, Jesus was devoted to prayer. And the book of Mark, all four gospels tell us that Jesus was devoted to prayer, but Mark gives us some details on Jesus' schedule. And so look at this one, Mark chapter one, verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up, went out and made his way to a deserted place. And there he was praying. So we see that Jesus was devoted to prayer. He got up early when it was still dark and went to an isolated place to pray. And he did that as a model for us, as an example to us, not just to pray, but to depend on the Lord. In him being fully God, fully man at the same time, he chose to pray. Now, when you morning people, those of you who get up early in the morning, see that scripture, pride starts to well up in your heart. So... Now, you morning people, don't get smug, don't get self-righteous. I know how morning people are uh, because I've drifted. I'm kind of a morning person now. We can just think that we're just so much better that we got up early with the sun. Now, because of that, I I typically get up early, but I'm no good after 8 o'clock, man. I'm snoozing on the couch. My head's back. I'm comatose. So, I mean, I don't know why there's pride in this. But uh, you could take Scripture here, and you could take Mark chapter 1, verse 35, and say, bless God, Jesus got up early, and so do I. I'm more like Jesus. So now I have a Scripture for those of you who are night owls. And I know you creatives. You creatives, sometimes creativity just doesn't come till about 11 p.m. So that 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. is your sweet spot for some of you. Hey, I've got a biblical example from Jesus. Let's look at Luke chapter 6. Maybe Mark was a morning person and Luke was the night creative. I don't know. That's not, I'm reading into the scripture here. But verse 12, it says, during those days, he, Jesus, went out to the mountain to pray and spent all night in prayer to God. And when daylight came, he summoned his disciples and he chose 12 of them whom he also named apostles. So there you go. Those of you who like to spend time with God in the middle of the night, there's your scriptural basis for it. I heard an amen from my wife back in the sound booth. Okay. You tell this has been a marriage issue we've worked through. So, so here's the deal. Isn't that great about the Lord? He's always listening. He's always awake. He's always attentive. He's always ready to engage with us, whether it's the morning and whether it's the night, he's there for us. And so we pray and we think simultaneously. Prayer is not an excuse to stop thinking. We, don't, we shouldn't use prayer as a way to escape the issues of our days or the problems of humanity or the things that are bothering neighbors and countrymen. 
No, instead, prayer is an invitation to think with the Lord. I, this is a, whether it's an issue with your family, whether it's an issue, civic issue, whether it's an issue with us as a society, we think about these things and we analyze it, but we include the Lord in our thoughts and that's a form of prayer. Often that is, Lord, would you please intervene with my son? Lord, would you please come and touch this, touch our nation in this area? Or it could be just thinking about that issue and inviting the presence of the Lord to come and form your thoughts, remind you of scripture. So we continue to think uh, deeply about the issues of our day. Now listen to this. Prayer is more about someone, that's God, someone we integrate into our lives than something we do. Think about that again. Prayer is about someone we integrate into our lives more than just something we do. And so it's all about him. It's all about including God in our thoughts, including God in giving our attention to God. We are devoted to prayer because we keep including God in our lives. We just keep asking God to be part of who we are. I love this old phrase. You may have heard this before. I may not pray an hour a day, but I don't go an hour without praying. Think about that. Someone might say, I may not pray an hour a day. And yes, that, that has been true in my life many, many days, most of the days. I may not pray a full hour in a day, an hour at a time, but I don't go an hour without praying. The idea is friendship. The idea is help. The idea is inclusion. It's not like, God, you have my hour of prayer because I'm not going to think about you. Like, I've got that off my to-do list. Like, 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 you know, exercise or like cleaning the house and prayer. And now, God, you've gotten that one hour. The, the, the rest of the 23 hours are mine. No, it's not that. Praying for a whole hour is good. And I hope you do that often. But it's better to let God be with you all 24 hours if we had to choose the two. Thankfully, we don't. Here's the second thing I want to encourage you to do. Pray strategically. Pray strategically. We don't have enough time in the day to pray about everything we need to pray about. I mean, that's just the truth. That if, if we prayed about everything we needed to pray about, we wouldn't live. All we would do would, would be pray. We would pray. So we pray strategically. We pray about those who are in our orbit, in our life, those people we interact with, those people we're responsible for. And we pray for things that God calls us into. So God may call you to pray about a certain issue. And we also pray about things strategically. Now look at verse three and four with me again. At the same time, so he said, while you're alert, while you're thinking, pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains so that I may make it known as I should. Paul's saying, hey, pray for us that while we're in prison here, that we can be effective in what God's called us to be and what, what God's called us to do. It's strategic. So we, they may have prayed for the prison guards. They may have prayed for the other prisoners. They may have prayed for the city where Paul wrote this letter from because they're being strategic. So once we think, 
we can strategically pray. Once we're thinking and praying, then we can know how to pray better. There was this transform, transformational theologian in the 20th century, Carl, Karl Barth, and he, he had this saying or this thought, it became as a thought that became a saying. He said, pray with the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. The idea was pray, but be aware of your world. Here in the 21st century, I thought we could say, pray while you scroll, right? We've simplified that. You know, pray, that's probably a good thing to do all the time, right? Pray while you scroll. But it's actually pray while you scroll on current events and things of that nature, like knowing that God's heart is for the world and heart, God's heart is to redeem the world. And so as we, we get all of this information, and we have to be careful with that, how much we, information we manage, but when certain things come our way, they come our way so that we can include God in those prayers. Here's a great, great quote. Thank you to Pastor Jacob for giving it to me a couple of days ago. So it made the sermon. So I'm giving you credit, Pastor Jacob. But really, Eugene Peterson deserves credit because he's the one who wrote it. Prayer is as much outer as inner. It is the most practical thing anyone can do. And it's not mystical escape. And I love this line. It's historic engagement. Prayer participates in God's action. Think about that. Prayer is historic engagement. It's partnering with God. As the quote says, it's participating in God's action. And so we see now prayer, we're moving beyond obligation. We're not trying to earn God's favor through prayer. We're not facing Mecca three times a day, or we're not trying to get our karma bigger, you know, greater than than the negative karma. No. We have a dynamic, real, alive God that we're praying with, partnering with. We're thinking as we pray, we're including him. We're asking God to intervene in our lives and in the lives of the world around us. So prayer is strategic. Here's number three. Now pray towards wisdom. Pray towards wisdom. And the the scripture tells us, in early in James, this won't be on your screen, it, screen, but it says this, if you need wisdom, ask for it, right? So we're praying, always looking to get wiser. We get wiser because we get God's perspective. We get God's, uh, we get God's uh, vision, God's wisdom. And so we, a- we ask for that. And so the more you pray, the wiser you should get. Look at verse five of the passage we're breaking down today. Act wisely towards outsiders, making the most of the time. Act wisely towards outsiders, making the most of the time. I want to suggest to you that people who develop a healthy prayer life, including God's presence as they think and act, they should be the wisest people in the world. I used to wrongly think that prayer people were flighty. Oh yeah, the the people who, the the prayer people who come early before church. This was when I was a kid, not as pastor of this church. (laughs) But as a teenager, I thought, oh, all the prayer people who came early to the church, you know, they're, they're flighty. How wrong I was. Prayer people should be the wisest people. And I think they are. Prayer people are insightful because they're not limited to their wisdom or their perspective. 
they get God's wisdom and perspective. Prayer people, they just give that wise comment that impacts the meeting. Prayer people, they give that fitting word that doesn't come from their preference or personality. It comes from the spirit of God that just causes the conversation to lift to heavenly places. Prayer people have this demeanor and persona that remind people, reminds people of someone. It reminds them of Jesus. Have you ever just been around that person that you're like, wow, I, I just sense the presence of Jesus or my understanding of Jesus just by their persona, just by their demeanor. Guys, we know this. It's not just what we say. Yes, what we say is important and truth is important, but how we say it is the seasoning that makes an impact. And so that's why we need prayer. We need the presence of the Lord to season our words and to make the truth that we may know more palatable and to make it come across in the love that God has for us and all people. So here's a fourth thing I want to share. Pray towards good speech. And in both of those points, three and four, I said that, pray towards something. Like, I'm going to pray because there's an outcome. I'm going to be smarter. I'm going to be wiser. But I'm also going to pray towards this outcome of better speech. I'm going to be more disciplined in what I say. I'm going to have better things to say. I'm going to have God's words more than my words. Look at verse 6. Verse 6 says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. How many know salt makes everything taste a little better, right? And there's other things salt does, but seasoned with salt so that you may know how you should answer each person. This connecting point, verse 2 to verse 6, be devoted to prayer, be alert, be thinking. Now, let your speech be gracious, full of Grace, full of the presence of God, full of the God-like qualities that impact the world and makes the world a better place. Prayer seasons our words. It's like salt that makes things taste better, that brings out the flavor. You know, salt is designed to bring out the flavors more in our palate. And so prayer brings out God qualities in our words. So we become more wise, gentle, anointed, strong, loving. The better I pray, the better I speak. The better I pray, the better I speak. The more I pray, the more confident I am in the Lord when I speak. So this is why, brothers and sisters, I want to say this, prayer is for everyone. Prayer is for everyone. None of us are experts None of us have arrived. We're all on this journey of prayer and we're moving closer to the heart of God. And that's what I want this this prayer focus to move you closer to God. I don't want you to feel defeated and be like, oh, your prayer is just for the special people. No, God's called every person, every person to prayer because he loves every person. He loves every person and he has a special place in his heart for you. The Lord has a special place in his heart for you. It's an irreplaceable place the Lord has. No one can replace in God's heart 
you. There's a special place he's prepared for you. And prayer keeps taking us back to that place. Taking us back. And he loves it when we include him in even the most simple prayer requests that you might be embarrassed for someone to know. He loves us to talk to him like that. Hey, I thought, let's do this for a second. We're just going to take a moment as we kind of settled into this place, settled into this time. You may be watching online either currently or later on in the week, and maybe you're settled where you're sitting right now. We're going to have just a minute or so before we go and do the other things we typically do at the end of service, just to pause for a second and just to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And maybe the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you something from this teaching today or maybe remind you of something I've said uh, over, over this, this calendar year in 2023. I've been teaching a lot about prayer. Um, but here, here's what I want you to consider and, and maybe ask the Lord internally. Lord, what do you want? Let me rephrase that. Lord, who do you want me to be with this new information on prayer? I'm going to say it again. Lord, who do you want me to be with this new information on prayer? Hey, would you take a moment and um, let's, just, let's just reflect on that. You may want to close your eyes. You don't have to, but um, let's just reflect upon that for a second. Who do you want me to be, Lord? I hope the Lord is speaking to you, but I want to just say some things that I know he said in Scripture. He wants you to be a daughter, and he wants you to be a son. He wants you to be a friend. He wants you to be a co-heir, meaning he wants you to have the things that he has. These are all things revealed in Holy Scripture. He, he wants the heart, which is the center of who you are. It's who you really are. You're not who you saw in the mirror. That's not who you saw. You're not who you saw in the picture. That's not, that's a part of who you are, but it's not all of who you are. There's a heart inside of you. There's a soul inside of you. There's a place that only God can touch. There's a place that only God God can really love you and care for you in a way that no other person can. If you have a good spouse, if you have a good father, if you have a good mother, if you have a good relationship with your kids, they cannot touch your heart the way God can touch your heart. He, he can only touch your heart. And he's invited us all into this lifelong friendship of prayer. So we thank you for that. So now I want to talk to you just another minute before we transition of what the good news is of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We celebrate every Sunday good news. You know, sin separates us from God. Everyone sins. I've sinned. Unfortunately, I'm going to sin again. I wish I, wish I could be perfect the rest of my life, but I won't. And that sin separates us from God. But Jesus is our bridge back to God. 
His death and his resurrection is our bridge back to God. So the separation that we have because of sin, that separation doesn't have to stay. If you felt, if you felt separated from God this morning, Maybe it's because you did something stupid last night. Maybe you thought something stupid this morning and you're thinking, oh, I just feel separated from God. Or maybe, maybe you haven't been in church in a lot of years. Maybe you're watching online and you just came across this and you're wondering, why am I even watching this right now? And you feel separated from God. Well, I know that feels like bad news, but I've got good news today. It's, it's called the gospel. Good news is Jesus is the bridge. He is the bridge for the separation between you and God. His death and resurrection connects us back to God. And so we're all going to have a chance to connect with God today. Wherever we're at, we're all going to have a chance to connect with God.